as well. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Come up on screen, yep, yeah, and it's, I'm reading from the ESV. Just follow along if you want. So, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given to the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete amongst you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness and in our love for you, see that you excel in this great act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Chapter 9. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound, overflow in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, and he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. In the build-up to our gift day, this week. Actually, before I get to that, I want to point out Peter to you. Peter, would you just stand up? I didn't want to draw attention to you. Peter is wearing a traditional giving shirt, which comes from Malaysia. Am I right? Yeah, you can sit down, don't worry. But I was just thinking, we should, as Jubilee, I think we should start to introduce this in. Um, I'm wearing mine. Uh, Steve's wearing his. The rest of you, uh, maybe warm up to it. Next time round, we'll give you a bit more warning, and Peter will come and dress us all up. But a couple of weeks ago, as we built up to um, this gift day, Steve introduced, as we've seen again on on the screen, um, what it is we're hoping to achieve as we give. You know, we we are carrying some major vision as part of being Jubilee. You know, we we we've always been that as Jubilee. We we see a need; it's in our DNA, and we rush to it. We believe that's what God has called us to, and and so as we take up um, an offering for TLG to see this work started in our city, we're meeting a real need that is in our city. You know, the, these children, these young people who otherwise would be lost by the education system. But we're believing that it's more than just a another charitable work. We're believing that this is an avenue that God is opening up to us that we would see salvation and transformation newness of life 
So that's what we're praying for. That's what we're in faith for. You know, as, as 65,000 pounds, um, 65, yeah, 65,000 pounds is, is a lot of money. You know, it makes you think, wow, can that happen? But we're in faith. We're in faith that this is something that God is wanting to do amongst us. And so as we give, we are, we're, as we give, we're giving to the work that God has called us to. And we're saying, I'm in. I'm for this. I want to see lives transformed. I want to see people changed and renewed. I have to say, I love being part of Jubilee. I've been here a year now, and I love being part of this work and seeing the things that, that, that God has called us to as a church. And we've seen people saved from these different avenues, and it's exciting to see another one bursting open to us. We're excited about the TLG Center. We're excited about this. And then last week, Dan... Um, opened up the passage that we've just read uh, to us and he, he showed us some biblical principles for giving as a Christian. Well, what does it look like as a Christian to give? So he said, you know, it's sacrificial, it costs us something, and it's in faith. It's not a, a uh, if we all work hard enough, if we gather the money, then we can make this thing work somehow on our own effort. No, it's a faith action. And Dan, as he opened up this passage and he showed us the Macedonian church, we saw that that was what was going on there. There was faith and challenge as these guys gave to the work that God was doing amongst them. And it's that that I really want us to build on today as we, as we continue to look at this passage, these passages that I've read. And I'm aware that, and Dan mentioned this as well, that when we talk about giving in this way, it's going to send you to lots of different places. You know, some of you are practiced givers, and you know, it's second nature. Yes, I see a need, I'll give. And some of you, maybe you kind of hesitant, reluctant, I suppose I must, or if I need to, or if that's what it takes to be part of this church. It might also prompt in you some fear. You might think, oh, but I don't know if I can afford to give. I don't know if I can afford to, to go without that money. Or maybe you start thinking about the things that you could get if that money was to remain in your pocket. Ah, oh, I could be so much. I could live a comfortable life if I kept this. I could, I could have that meal out that I've wanted. That I could go see that film. Da, 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 whatever it is. And the reason money might take you to one of those places, as we think, talk about giving, is because really money isn't just another thing. It's not just another thing. It looks like a thing. But it, it's not. I mean, Jesus comes against it and he gives it a name and he refers to it as though it's a, somebody else's God. He, says, he calls it mammon. He says, you, you, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. Money is after your heart. So as, I, as we've spoken about giving and as I'm speaking about giving today, money is going to be trying to weasel its way into your heart. Saying, well, it's my money mine, I earned this, I, I need this to be safe, to be secure. Money comes in and is whispering to you these promises that only God can keep. 
If you have me, you'll be safe. If you have me, you'll be comfortable. If you have me, you will be happy. And, God's, and Jesus comes in and you know, he gives a lot of time to teaching about money. And he says, you cannot love both. You can't serve both of these things. He speaks radically because he knows that money is going in for your heart. He says, if you, you can't love both, you're going to love one of either God or, and, or, and money, or you're going to love God and hate money, or you're going to love money and hate God. Now, hands up, who hates money? <laughs> right? <laughs> Someone in the back corner there. Yeah, I saw you giving a five-pound note the evils earlier, yeah, so I, I, can, I can believe that. But for the rest of us, that is a difficult position to, to be told we need to take. It's radical. It goes against everything. I need this to be secure. I need this to keep my house running, to eat this week. How can you tell me to hate it? Because Jesus is saying, no, if you don't hate money, you hate God. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if any of us feel the weight of that. Jesus' disciples did. Jesus' disciples, they walk away from some of his teaching and they say, these things are hard to hear. And if you're not feeling that now, as I'm saying these words of Jesus to you, then I think it's because you've not understood what he's saying. <laughs> now, this is, this is the stark contrast between how you're, you're meant to have your affections towards God and your affections towards money. And that's what he's calling us to. That's what he's calling us to. Jesus won't let us try and hold them both. It's hard to hear. Paul, when he gathers a group of church leaders to himself, he, he sums up all of Jesus' teaching on money in this one sentence. It is better or more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, you might have heard this from your mum or your nan around Christmas time, but but Jesus said it first, and he says it, and he means it. Now, he's not saying it in just a weird, detached, spiritual way. In some way, it is better to give than it is to receive. Now, he's saying, it is better. It is better for you. You gain more by giving than you do by receiving. Now, you can, when you receive something, you recognize, oh, this, I've been blessed. It's less obvious when you give. But that's what Jesus is saying. And he's not just referring to, oh, in the future, you're going to get some reward. If you give, you, there's a reward waiting for you. There are times when he, he talks that way. But here, he's just saying, no, in and of itself, giving is better than receiving. And again, that can be quite a hard thing to bring ourselves to believe. But fortunately, Jesus doesn't just say this from a place of, go on, give. Is, I promise it's better to give than it is to receive. No, he, he truly believes this himself. God believes that it's better to give than to receive. He doesn't just believe it for you, but he lives in this place of, I want to give more than I receive. We've sung about it, haven't we? Where God has given and given and given. You see, we can easily think that our giving is some way a, some great service to God. Paul um, comes to Athens in the book of Acts. And uh, we had the 
privilege of being there with our Regions Beyond leaders um, a number of weeks ago. And Jen and I, we had, we had a little bit of time to explore Athens, and we saw you know, these great temples on the mountains, and then this temple over here to Zeus, and this one to Hermes, and that one over there. And the Athenians, they, they loved to give to their gods, because it thought, they thought that it somehow gave them leverage over them, made them pleased with them. But Paul comes in, he says, I can, I can see you're very religious. God is not served by human hands. He doesn't live in a temple that you've built. No, he himself gives life and light to everybody. And in the Psalms, God says this to his people. He says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. (laughs) If I had any need, I wouldn't tell you because everything's mine. What lack that that I have are you going to meet, Jubilee? (laughs) So, I don't want you to think, as we're talking about giving, I don't want you to think that the the subtext for this is, please give, (laughs) a panicked voice, please give to us. No, we know that God has called us to this work. And we're in faith that the money's going to come. Absolute faith. And it's not your place to make up God's lack, as if he lacked anything. No, God is a giver. God is a giver. Always the biggest giver. We see this again and again through the Old Testament and even creation. Have you seen the stars recently? How many there are? Abundance. Not just one or two. I'll I'll do what's needed. No, God gives in creation. And then in Psalms, the the psalmist says, you know, he fills our mouth with good things. He gives us all we need. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We said that, you know, he he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry with good things. He takes Abraham, some nobody from nowhere, and he says, I'm going to give you this land. And here's the promise for your, uh, for for generations to come after you. That I'm going to save the world through your seed, through you, through your family line. And then David, King David, in the Old Testament, he he gets this great idea. He goes, I'm going to build God a house. I'm going to build God a fantastic temple. And so he calls Nathan, the prophet, to him. He says, Nathan, I'm going to build God a house. And Nathan says, great, go for it. I'm sure God would love it if you built him a house. Anyway, that night, Nathan is woken up by God. And God says to him, go back to David and say, you're not going to build me a house. I'm going to build you a house. And suddenly, God pours out these promises on David that your kingdom will last forever. From your line will come a king who will endure on your throne for all times. And he opens up the gospel to him. And David, having this glimpse of what's to come in Jesus, it says he sat down before the Lord. And if you're a Christian, you've had a moment like this. Sat down before the Lord and he said, Who am I? (laughs) Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you, that you see me, that you think of me in this way. So, and he goes, is this how you, is this how you normally deal with men, God? Is, is this how you do things? Is this how you deal with us? A king who just gives and gives and gives and gives. That's the point David reached. Is this how you deal with men? 
You look through the Bible and you see, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. This is how God deals with his people. Jesus arrives on the scene and he's healing people left, right and center, everybody in need. He spots somebody that somebody else hasn't spotted. He goes up to them, get up and walk. See, feeding the hungry, satisfying the broken, bringing life to the broken, fullness of life. I've come that they might have life and life in its fullness. Our God is a giving God. He says, you know, in John 3.16, that verse that we all have heard <laughs> so many times, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so all who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. God gives. God gives. Jesus says, no one takes my life off me. It's not being wrestled unwillingly out of my hand. My arm's not behind my back being twisted. Go on, give your life. No, I, I lay it down willingly, he says. Here it is, my life. Take it. Enjoy the fullness of yours. And then as we've read in the passage that we've just read, you know, though he was rich, became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. It goes on and on. You know, in, in our foundations course, we were looking at, um, just last week, we were looking at, well, what does it mean to have become a Christian? And we, we looked at those first couple of chapters of Ephesians that we went through um, as a church in, uh, a few months ago. And you just see, again and again, this is what God has done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He has made us children, chosen, adopted, filled us with his spirit, just again and again and again. And you reach the point as you're reading this, God, what do I bring? What do I do? Paul makes the point, you just receive. You just take it. Enjoy being a son. Enjoy being an heir. Enjoy belonging to God. And then as we come to this passage, we realize that even our giving is a gift from God. Look at this. You know, Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he says, no, we want you to know. So verse one, so if you could go back a slide. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Wow, what's happened? What's happened there? What, what, how has God poured out his grace on these churches? Ah, they gave. Wow. You think, you think oh, power of God comes in a, on a church. Don't you want to be spoken about that way? Jubilee? Wouldn't we love to be spoken about that way? You should hear what's going on in Jubilee, how God is moving there. Why, what's going on? Oh, they gave. You should see how they gave. The Spirit of God came and they gave. That's what's happening in the Macedonian church. The power of God comes and transforms us. We become children like our Father who gives. God's, so this instruction, give, it's better to give than to receive, is from a place of come and join me in the joy of giving. Come and join the joy of your Father. Give like I give. See the joy that comes out of me as I give myself to people. And now you lose for the sake of others. Give, give, give. Transforms our lives, transforms who we are, and it transforms our giving when we recognize and receive God for all that he's done. 
And it's this reason that God says, you know, I, I love a cheerful giver. Because he gives cheerfully. No, God doesn't give under compulsion. You know, we can sometimes fool ourselves into thinking that, that somehow God just tolerates us. Yes, oh, here's grace upon grace upon grace. But I don't really like you. <laughs> no, no, God gives with his whole self. He loves to give, pouring himself out for us, cheerfully, joyfully. And so he says, if you're going to give like I give, you're going to need to give joyfully. You're going to need to give cheerfully. So the amount is secondary. That's what the point Paul is making here in this passage he's saying you know that God loves a cheerful giver it's not about what you bring money wise it's about what you bring in faith with joy in sacrifice for the sake of seeing others made rich for the sake of seeing the gospel advance so it's not about we're not going to be looking at through these tubs later going, oh, this person didn't give ever so much. This, wow, look at how much this person gave. No, no. If we could, we would be looking at your hearts. We can't, but God can. <laughs> we say, wow, look at how they gave with such joy, with such pleasure in giving. Although it was a sacrifice, they gave joyfully. And it's that that needs to happen if we're going to raise 65,000 pounds. Right? That's not going to come because you've been coerced into giving. That can't happen. We're asking God for a miracle as we say that this is what we're hoping to raise. You know, we, we need to see transformation in our hearts. If that's going to happen, if that money's going to come, it's going to be because God came in power and in grace and we gave like the Macedonians gave. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion. Paul says this is not a command. It's not a command. This supernatural giving, which is what this is, can't be done without God. It can't be done in the strength of a command. It can't be done in our strength. I can't work you up enough that you're going to just give money. I can't do that. I'm not skilled enough at that. <laughs> but God can come and he can meet you and suddenly your heart is open and you can give supernaturally. We have to receive something from God. This spirit-filled, supernatural giving. That's the only way that we can be moved from those attitudes that we started with of, I need this to be safe. I need this to be comfortable. The only thing that's going to move us from that place to the Macedonian abandon to giving, giving more than we can afford, giving more than we can, uh, that would make us comfortable. Giving 65,000 pounds is supernatural transformation. And spirit filled. That's what's happening here in Macedon. I mean, how else can you make this add up? I mean, if we skip back to, sorry, I'm, I'm getting you to jump around. If we skip back to verse 1, he says, Go on, get your calculators out. How, do, how can you make this add up? Severe test of affliction. In their severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, their extreme poverty equals. An overflow of giving and generosity. How does that happen? How does that happen? Not by someone twisting their arm. In fact, actually, it looks like in this story that Paul is actually not going to ask. He's not going to ask these guys because he knows that they're in poverty. He knows that they're afflicted. 
It doesn't even, okay, okay, we're going to bypass these guys. And they catch wind. Oh, there's an offering going on. Paul, let us give. (laughs) Something's happened in them. Same thing happens in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit comes on the church for the first time. The Spirit comes, people speak in tongues, there's prophecy, there's healings. And we get this snapshot of the church and they gave to all who had need. And those who had came and sold so that they could give to those who didn't have. The Spirit comes and suddenly it opens up giving. And so I'm not asking for anything less than a miracle. We're not asking for less than a miracle when we say, we're going to give today. We're going to give. It was amazing, actually, when we, when we gathered um, a little while ago with our Regions Beyond leaders in, in Wrexham, there was a, a story just popped up from some of our churches in um, Burundi. And we've, we've prayed for, for this work in Burundi as a church before. Um, but what happened was there was a Regions Beyond offering. You know, we came here, we, we gave. And, and these guys, like the Macedonian church, they catch wind of this offering that's going on. And they say, if we want to give. And we heard the amount that had been raised by this church, of you know, this, this small church. And this church that, you know, if you've been praying with us for these, these guys, you'll know that this church has, they've been battered and bruised. <laughs> You know, they've, they've come under affliction and they've lived in poverty and they raised, you know, what would be to many of us a very, very small amount. And yet we, as we hear this, this number and this story come to us as leaders, as we're hearing this story, we're thinking, oh, wow, recognizing that this is, people have gone without meals so that they can partake in the joy of giving. And suddenly we're just, humbled and gobsmacked God and like Paul we're like we think wow have you heard of the grace of God that's moving in that nation of Burundi they couldn't give that way if it wasn't God it's not been squeezed out of them no God has met with them and suddenly let us give let us give they've received from God and suddenly they want to give like God it's totally radical, totally supernatural. And, and, and if that's happening in our hearts now, you may be realizing to give supernaturally, the way that God is leading me to give, I'm going to have to go without. I might have to get a cheaper car. I might have to dig into my savings, dig deep into my savings. I might have to downsize my house. <laughs> If I'm going to give the way God gives, the way that I'm feeling stirred to give, the way that I feel joy driving me to give, I'm going to give radically. And as I say, you can't do that without joy, without a cheerful heart, and without the power of God working in you. You can't. Don't try and sum it up in yourself. Don't try and raise that up in yourself. No, receive from God and be empowered to give. Yeah, it requires a miracle. Any, anyone can give something on the back of a command. If we made it a rule in this church, everyone here has to give 10%. You know, some of you would tow the line. I don't think all of you, but some of you would tow the line. Anyone can give on that. It doesn't take a spirit-filled person to be able to follow a rule. 
we're not putting before you a rule. We're not saying this, this, is, this is not our church policy on giving is you must give. Da, 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 da. No, we're saying come give in faith, in joy, sacrificially if you must. <laughs> but with the power of the Spirit of God. You know, in the Old Testament, you come through, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's 10% plus some, plus some, plus some, until it's about 25%. And then, you know, you're following the rules, so, okay, I make this amount of money, so that means I have to give this amount of money. Okay, I'll do that. And there's no spirit, heart discernment, that's just a cold calculation. Here, Paul's saying, no, decide in your heart what you're going to give. So, what supersedes, what takes over um, that, that law of cold calculation is the Spirit of God that enables your heart to give what you can afford according to your means and more. Because that's how God has shown us he gives. And you need to be a child of God to be able to give this way. You need to be totally transformed. So we have, let's say, we've, we've laid down this faith goal and it is a faith goal. We're stretching ourselves, as we say, 65,000 pounds. In fact, actually, when I, in my notes, I've got it down as 60,000 pounds. So there's a little bit more faith has come since I wrote my notes. <laughs> um, but, but it's a faith, it's a stretching thing to say. And it's a scary thing to say from the platform, actually. We're going to raise this amount of money. But it's in faith. Not particularly in you guys, <laughs> but in God, who transforms our hearts and makes us give. You know, we kind of take time away and we pray, Father, what are you calling me to give? How are you calling me to do this? We don't want to twist your arms. We want you to see what God has done. So whatever you give, make sure you give it joyfully. (laughs) That's the rule we're imposing. Whatever you give, give it with joy. Otherwise, you may as well drop a stink bomb in here. It would ruin it. No, God wants a cheerful giver, a joyful offering. Whatever you give, give joyfully and in faith. And prove, says Paul, the genuineness of your faith. And if, when you really think about it, you think, actually, I don't, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can give anything joyfully. I don't know if I've got joy to give anything. Then I would ask the question, have you... Have you met Jesus? <laughs> do, you, um, do you know the God that we're talking about? And, and I want you to hear that more, I mean, it comes with a sense of challenge, but I want you to hear that more as an invite than a challenge. If you feel you can't give in joy, then I, I'd love to see you. We've already heard it from the front here. I'd love to see you come and receive. Come and receive all those things that we've talked about and sung about. God who gives and gives and gives and gives. And then, come and join us as we enjoy imitating our Father. Who, though he was rich, became poor. That you, who were poor, would become rich through his poverty. Let's get caught up in doing what we see our Father doing. And just knowing every time we put something in, though it feels like loss, we know that God outgives us every day of the week. No one's going to outgive God today. Hey, if you gave that 65,000 pounds on your own, out of your own pocket, you would not be outgiving God. <laughs> not close. 
let's receive. And that's, as you know, as I was praying and as we prayed this morning, this, um, just here before the service, the real heart was, I believe God's going to outgive us today. <laughs> I believe God's going to outgive us. And for some of you, that's going to look like coming into receiving from God for the first time. So if that's you, we'd love to pray for you. We would love to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're thinking, who are these people who talk about giving in such a radical way? Who, who rejoice when they see people giving more than they can afford? Who are these people? I just say, hey, why don't you come and get to know us? Why don't you come and get to know the God we know? Receive what we've received. Take part in what we've enjoyed receiving from God together. And maybe you're feeling, I don't know, an emptiness. Kind of a feeling of, actually, as you talk about giving in that way, as Casey prayed out as he did before, as we were singing those songs, you're just thinking, oh, you know what, I've, I've been a Christian, but I, actually I've not been feeling this for a while. I've not been feeling overwhelmed by the gift of God. Uh, we'd love to pray for you as well, so that you would have a fresh revelation of these things. We are, we're going to move into a time of worship and giving, but even as we do that, I want us to be aware of all that God has done. So I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Steve. Guys, do you want to just stand with me as I, as I do this, actually? Yeah, Father, we are so in awe of everything you've done for us. Of the loss that was suffered for our sake. The poverty that you stepped into so that we could enjoy the full riches of heaven, the joy of our Father. And God, I just pray if there's, any, if there's anybody who's feeling like they've missed out on that, Lord, would you meet them now? Would you speak to them now? Would you reveal yourself to their heart now? Lord, there's a giver just who outgives again and again and again who pours out gift upon gift upon gift, grace upon grace upon grace. And Lord, I pray against fear of lack. Lord, those, those times that we've believed the lie of the enemy, of money that says, you need me, you need me, you need me. And that, that, that desire for comfort elsewhere than, other than in you, Lord, we pray against that as well. Lord, we want to find our comfort and joy in you. Father, we, as we give now, we want to be saying to money, we don't need you. <laughs> no, our comfort is found in God, in Christ. Amen. 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 We're just going to begin to worship God. What we're going to do is we explain a bit about how we're going to do the offering in a moment. But as you feel challenged right now, uh, if you haven't got an envelope the reason we do the envelopes is so the, the money we know where it's coming from you don't have to put your name on it if you want to give anonymously we're not, we're not checking names alright but if you are a gift aid payer then you can tick that box fill in the details so we can get an extra 25% from the government um, so we're going to start giving uh, after we've got the children but 
Has anybody not got an envelope that wants an envelope? Can you just keep your hand up and our welcome team, if you could quickly run to people as quick as possible, just give them a, an envelope. That's fantastic. Okay, if we could just go and get our children. And while we're beginning to worship, as God has stirred you, um, if you haven't got a pen, there should be a pen somewhere in one of the blue seats along your row. There's a pen and you can complete that as we begin to worship God. But please go and get your children, bring them back in because we want them part of our celebration as we give in a few moments.
all his promises. Oh, yes, and amen. What he's promised to us, what he has promised. What he's promised for our city. What he's promised for our children. What he's promised for our young people, for our older people. He's promised for our estates, for the rich and the poor. His promises are yes and amen. And we stand together. We say, yes, God, we're going to trust you for lives to be transformed in our city. We thank God for what he's already doing. We thank God for every story, not just in our church, but in churches across the city where the gospel is being preached, where people are reaching out to their community. And we're here to play our part today. And children, you're part of this. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to give to God. We're going to thank him for what he's given to us. And we're going to give some money to thank God for what he's done in our lives to help children and young people in this city who are in desperate need of hearing the good news of Jesus, of being stood with families whose destiny does not look good, but where God can break in. And so as we've been reminded so powerfully by Josh, we want to give joyfully, cheerfully. If you're not able to do that, then please stay where you are. Pray about it. Ask God. But if you're able to give cheerfully, then we want to join and we're going to celebrate. We're going to worship God. We're going to give to him. Who's up for a bit of celebration? Who's up for joy as we give? I am. So I'm going to be the first. Hallelujah. Goes in. Come on, come on down. Let's worship God. Let's give to God. Let's rejoice in him. Good and your mercy endured forever. The Lord, you are good and your mercy endured forever. Blessing, Lord, you are good. The Lord, you are good and your mercy endured forever. The Lord, you are good and your mercy endured forever. People from every nation. From every nation and time, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. You are good. Well, Lord, you are good and your mercy endured forever. Lord, you are good. People of every nation, people from every nation and time, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. We worship you. 
Sing, you are good. You are good. 